0: (laughs) welcome to the cantina you're just in time for a very haunted happy hour my name is isabella Vas, and i love halloween it's the one time of year i feel free to look as dead on the outside as i am on the inside shakespeare wrote about how disguises can reveal our true selves Last year, I was the Green Fairy, and today we're going to be talking about the mysterious, misunderstood, and much maligned, absinthe. So pour yourself a drink, and let's jump into it. seen absinthe portrayed somewhere in a movie, be it Moulin Rouge, girls trip, Euro trip. Generally what happens is someone partakes in greeting the green fairy and they completely lose their minds. But why? What makes absinthe so different from whiskey, tequila, vodka? People seem almost high when they're drinking it. Well, let's look into it. Absinthe is a botanical spirit made from green anise, grande wormwood, and sweet fennel, and generally is between 45 and 75 percent proof. You're not drinking this straight. Now, anise has a black licorice taste with a little bit of sweetness to it. Now, while the first evidence of absinthe was recorded in the 18th century, wormwood goes as far back as ancient Egypt. So what really makes absinthe tick is the wormwood, and long before wormwood was used in liquor, it was medicine. Ancient Egyptians and Greeks most often used it for stomach problems and intestinal problems like parasites. In fact, the first mention of it goes back to the year 3500 BCE on an ancient Egyptian papyrus document where they mention wormwood to treat intestinal worms. In ancient Greece, wormwood was supposed to be used to help ease labor pains, but the connection between absinthe and wormwood is strange. The word absinthe is most likely derived from the Greek word abstinthian, which means undrinkable. There's even a biblical reference in Revelation 8:10 to 8:11. When the end of the world comes, Seven trumpets will sound and bring seven horrors into the world. At the third, wormwood will crash into the earth and turn a third of the world's water supplies bitter, poisonous, and undrinkable, killing off a huge part of the population. Well damn. (laughs) It's a good thing this is a Halloween episode, because that is scary. But what does science have to say about it? Well, the essence of wormwood is something called thujone. Now, there's a ton of misinformation about thujone. It was originally believed, or publicized, I should say, to have a close relation to cannabis. It was said to be laden with THC, which is what gives cannabis its zazazoo. Now, this has been proven to be completely false. Also, there are such trace amounts of thujone in Wormwood, in absinthe, that you would need to drink bottles and bottles and bottles to have any kind of bad effect at all. Now, remember at the beginning when I said 45 to 75% proof? That is going to have a much bigger effect on how you feel and how it affects you than anything else. Now that we've got some background, let's skip ahead a few thousand years to the Henrois sisters, or Henroid sisters of Switzerland, who are said to have developed absinthe and sold the recipe to Major Dubied in 1797 when they opened the world's first absinthe distillery, Dubied Pierre et Fille-en-Coubet. I apologize profusely for my horrifically bad French accent. Absinthe as we know it grew in popularity in the 1800s, particularly among soldiers. They were given absinthe as a malaria preventative. They developed a taste for it and came home still craving the absinthe spirit. Now absinthe is extremely potent and is not meant to be enjoyed straight up. This is not meant to be thrown back like a shot. So having a small bottle, that you could dilute easily with water while you're jumping from foxhole to foxhole in fear for your life makes a lot of sense. It's easy to move around with. Absinthe is also known for having a very calming, floaty, happy effect. And I don't know about you, but if I've just been fighting for my life, I can use a bit of an alcohol hug. But who was this drink meant for? Well, in 1880, there was a disease that infected French vineyards. This resulted in a wine shortage. It also helped popularize absinthe. It's much more cost-effective. You're adding water to it. And so it became popular with the quote unquote, working class. I hear ya. The drink became so popular in fact, that the hour of 5 p.m. The most popular time to drink absinthe, because you've just finished work, became known as the green hour. Absinthe has a beautiful peridot green hue. Later, the green hour became happy hour. Isn't that crazy? That's where happy hour comes from. Learn something new. By 1880, Parisian bars began to ask for a ticket when they wanted a glass of absinthe. Now, this was a reference to the infamous lunatic asylum just outside of Paris. It was so popular. People were said to go crazy for it, so they'd ask for a ticket, meaning a ticket to the lunatic asylum. So all is well and good. It's a cost-effective drink that everyone enjoys, it does make you happy, despite the references to biblical plague and losing your mind, and as someone who has had their own personal experience with absinthe, I can truly say I don't think I've ever felt as happy, at peace, floaty, or just plain delighted as when I was hanging with the Green Fairy. Another name they could have called this is Giggle Juice because I thought everything was hilarious. You could nurse one, maybe two cocktails of absinthe for your whole night. You're spending a lot less. Now remember that vineyard disease that happened in France? A lot of people switched over and never really made the switch back. And being a Halloween episode, I'm gonna introduce to you the absinthe murders. Get ready. Now, in 1905, an alcoholic Swiss farmer named Jean Lefray murdered his entire family in a rage. Bear with me. That day, he had had to drink seven glasses of wine, one brandy-spiked coffee, two creme de menthe, six glasses of cognac, and then topped it all off with two glasses of absinthe. Jean came home, fought with his wife, and then murdered his entire family. I'm not going to get into how, but his wife and two daughters paid the price. Now Jean Lafrey, facing the dead bodies of his family, infamously wept. Please tell me I haven't done this. I loved my family and children so much. His lawyers called it absinthe madness. That's right. After he had a meal of liquor that day, the lawyers zeroed in on the absinthe. Moral outrage and panic swept through Europe as absinthe was blamed, and 82,000 signatures called to ban absinthe, which passed in Switzerland in 1910, the US in 1912, and France in 1918. This, you know what, blamed it on the ah 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 absinthe Bad joke, couldn't resist. So, it's had a tumultuous history. But I would like to note some of the people who have been drawn to it and some of the famous absinthe drinkers of our time have been Vincent Van Gogh, Ernest Hemingway, Oscar Wilde, who said, quote, A glass of absinthe It's as practical as anything in the world. What difference is there between a glass of absinthe and a sunset? Henri Toulouse-Lautrec, Pablo Picasso famously painted The Absinthe Drinker, and the Cubist painting Breakthrough, The Glass of Absinthe. Edward Manet painted The Absinthe Drinker. And poet Charles, I'm going to ruin this name again, I do apologize, Bollaire, declared, one must be drunk always, with wine, poetry, or with virtue, your choice, but intoxicate yourself. A man after my own heart. (laughs) So when did absinthe make her comeback? Well, bootleggers in Switzerland continued to provide the absinthe. They never really stopped. Technically, but no. Spain never outlawed the drink at all. Ole and it became legal recently in the US, Canada, and various parts of Europe. So how do you get your hands on the green fairy and what is real absinthe anyways? You can find absinthe online, although it can be a little bit tricky. Now when you see milligrams of Thujo noted, Typically, what they're trying to say is the more thujone, the more milligrams of thujone, the more you're going to hallucinate or be stoned, I guess you could say. Now, this is really sensationalizing what absinthe is and what thujone could actually do to you. But the way I've enjoyed absinthe in the past is the absinthe ritual. So what makes it a ritual is the fact that it's meant to be sipped, enjoyed, and savored. This isn't something that you're throwing back at the club or you're throwing back before a crazy night out. It's meant to be something that you enjoy in the midst of a deep conversation. You're lounging, you're talking. There's a reason why artists and poets gravitate towards it so much. It's meant to really unlock the mind. If you do a little research online, you're going to find absinthe glasses really beautiful and ornate you'll also notice there's sugar and a spoon that almost has a lacy pattern to it it's typically one part absinthe to three to five parts water so you're really watering it down here you're mixing it correctly i should say now you lay the spoon with the sugar on top of the glass you pour the absinthe over the sugar and add your water this is going to melt down the sugar it melts down melts down then you tip the rest into the spoon and give it a little stir if you're up for it you could also try a flaming absinthe don't play with matches in an open area kids but if you are playing with fire what you want to do is once the sugar and it is a special sugar cube it's not the regular kind you would put in your coffee it's more finely milled it's a fine grain sugar i guess you could say it's gonna melt down very easily take a lighter take i would say matches are probably a little better here so you don't get that funny gasoline taste light that up and watch it flame you may have seen this as well in that johnny depp movie from hell, I believe it was, uh, where he drinks a flaming absinthe when he wants to remember something. So there you go. There's lots more information on absinthe and on the green fairy, but they did my girl dirty when they said that she was a bad, bad girl. She's not bad. She's just misunderstood. it's time for part 2 of elevating a $9 drink to a $14 cocktail in today's segment of what's in your glass. We're going to be infusing. On the last episode we made a classic simple syrup. So today we're going to be making a not so simple syrup. Something I use a lot in my simple syrups is vanilla. What you want to do is make sure to use real vanilla bean. It can be a little bit pricey, but you're going to get a lot out of it and it's really going to take it to another level. If you can, I do recommend it over vanilla extract. You want to slice the bean from one end to the other. That's right, throat to scrote and let that baby simmer. I also do this a lot with chili peppers. Anything spicy that is your taste, but this way I can really customize the level of heat and sweet in, for instance, a spicy jalapeno margarita. Cinnamon sticks is another really, really nice one, but for something like cinnamon sticks, you're really gonna wanna take your time infusing this one. We wanna get all those beautiful flavors out of that wood. <laughs> wood. So now we're in infusing mode what else can we infuse how about a little liquor i recommend starting in small batches small bottle small mistake that might actually be my next tattoo Uh, you can pick up a mason jar any type of glass bottle that's going to have that nice tight close so anything airtight and you do want to look for something with a bigger mouth reason being here we're going to want to a be able to get whatever it is we're infusing into the bottle. And when we're done, we wanna get that back out of the bottle. So make your life easier. The first time I infused anything, I couldn't get it back out and the flavor ended up being overwhelmingly strong. Not good. So what can we infuse? I recommend starting with a vodka, gin, rum, whiskey. Those are the four I really infuse the most. But let's start with vodka, something with a nice clean finish. Grey Goose is generally my go-to, but Stoli is really solid as well, especially if you're learning, you're experimenting, it's a reasonable price point and it's good quality. So how long to infuse things for and how much? A lot of this is gonna to be to your personal taste and your own preference um, but for instance something like Thai chilies, scotch bonnet peppers, jalapenos, anything with spice there's a lot of strong flavor there. I'm gonna recommend a couple hours to a day. Again this is your level of spice. You want a nice balance um, if you want to torture taste buds you can do it a couple of days. A really good friend of mine made some incredible spicy infused liqueur and you really taste it so have fun with it go tasting it every few hours and get the level of spiciness you're looking for now with citrus fruits which i do a lot especially grapefruit there are some that play really well together Uh, Basil infused gin with grapefruit is really beautiful because you really don't have to do a lot with the cocktail once you've already infused the gin with these flavors. Uh, You can do vanilla bean here again as well. I really love infusing vanilla bean into rum. One I do a lot as well is coffee beans and it's really nice in a deep richer spirit like a dark spiced rum. Uh, For your more kind of mild flavors, anything that's like a melon or a cucumber, you can do this up to a week because again, you really want to get these flavors out. And with a mild flavor, I would suggest something that it's going to play really well with, like a white rum or a vodka. The sky's the limit here. I want you to have fun with it. Play around with it. We're making cocktails, not getting the pelvic exam right now what's in my glass is a green envy it's one of my favorites and one of my classic standbys so what i've done here is i've added one shot of a cucumber infused vodka and i let that infuse for about a week or so airtight in the fridge Uh, then i used a potato peeler to cut myself two ribbons of cucumber and this is really lovely for presentation as well Um, Then I have a quarter of a green apple and I've sliced that finely. So in my shaker, what I did is I took my cucumber ribbons, my apple slices and I muddled it gently, introduced them to each other. I added my cucumber infused vodka, threw in some ice and I started to shake what my mama gave me. I poured that into a glass with ice and topped it off with a little tonic water. Super refreshing, super easy, not too sweet, and again, you can add simple syrup to this. Uh, Most of you will probably like to add a simple syrup and about a tablespoon should do it. I am going to put the ingredients and the steps to my drink today on the show Instagram and that is Detox with Voss, and that's Detox with V as in Vodka, O-S-S, as in shake me up a cocktail. has been brought to you by chocolate. Chocolate because sometimes crying in the shower just isn't enough. Try chocolate. Well, that's the end of my drink and the end of the show. And during this spooky Halloween season, remember be alert and you're twice as likely to be killed by a vending machine than a shark. Death by chip. Salut! <laughs> <laughs> this has been a catflap production in association with Not For Sale Media.